0: Welcome back to the Lovely Travels podcast. I'm very excited that this week is a bit different. It's our first non-hosting guest. Uh, We welcome Danielle Filan from The Adventures of Possum Ruby. So what did you think of this episode, Darius?
1: I I thought it was a great episode because I had a week off. And also we finally got some monkey attack uh, stories uh, on the podcast, which is also a big plus in my book.
0: Spoiler alert: you got to listen Spoiler to
1: the alert. end. <laughs> got to listen to the end. No, it's a it's a great episode with Emma and Daniel talking about um, you know traveling and and their mutual love of India and uh, elephants and also monkey attacks. Like I said,
0: yeah and you just have to wait to see what they were but yeah no it was really wonderful and uh look it's a bit of a longer one because once danielle and i get started we don't really stop that's pretty much what our conversations center around but yeah it's wonderful to have uh, someone who's like-minded but also has different experiences
1: that's right so put on your monkey resistant pants and uh lean back and enjoy the episode
0: let's get listening (laughs) Hey, so I'm back back this week and I'm very excited because this is actually my first non co-pilot guest and today I'm welcoming welcoming my lovely friend Danielle who is a travel blogger drag, blogs at The Adventures of Possum Ruby and I'm just really excited to have a fellow travel buddy on on the podcast.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, it's awesome. We've we talk about travel, majority of our phone conversations um, and our catch ups, but it's nice to share a bit of your knowledge and experience with listeners. So let's fully open with who are you? Tell us a bit about
2: yourself. Oh, wow. Well, I won't give away my age, but I think. Uh,
0: <laughs> as well, like age, sex, location, like the old MSN yeah.
2: thing. Long walks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think as I start to tell a few travel stories, people will probably start to grasp that I'm certainly not a millennial, that's for sure. (laughs) I am a travel addict, I think is the best way to describe me. I have uh, decided that I live for travel. I've noticed um, through this current COVID-19 sort of period, all I'm desperate for and all I can think about almost every second of the day is travel. And, and I think because it's been taken away from me, my thing is is no longer accessible. So it's certainly heightened my sense of, of who I am, I guess. Um, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister. I have um, one sister, two nieces and one nephew. And um, my thing is just getting out and exploring and celebrating what people do and other people's passions. So I love to go and find that hole in the wall cafe or restaurant that you know no one's found before or people have found, but it, you get to meet the owner and talk to the chef. And I'm a mm. big solo traveler, so I'll sit at the bar and I'll talk to the chef or I'll, I'll be there at the kitchen and be tasting and asking questions. And I hunt out those unique experiences I think mm-hmm. that are really treasured to me and are really special and make my trips unique to me. I'm not so much of a mainstream, I guess, traveller ticking the boxes of, you know, those key destinations. It's it's all about me exploring and finding hidden treasures, I guess, that that talk to me and my passions.
0: So, yeah, I- for sure. And um, maybe... You know, do you want to tell people how
2: we met or how we know each other? Yes. So um, four years ago now, I think it was, um, I ventured down the path of of starting a blog and I took myself off to do some professional development because that's what we all should do when we start something new is learn more. Yeah. So I took myself off to a conference in Queensland called Pro Blogger And it was a couple of hundred bloggers in this one big space. And it was kind of like a a who's who of the blogging world. And um, Emma and I (laughs) crossed paths and found we had lots and lots of things in common and passions. And we became um, connected, obviously, and became World Vision travel bloggers. She invited me to, to be a part of that amazing, talented team and um the rest is history so yes. we've traveled together we've celebrated together um yeah. we've met up multiple times um, and yeah it's a great great partnership
0: yes for sure and it's yeah it's always wonderful to find a like-minded person and um you know i love what you do with the blog and but also um sort of i guess we have similar um well, similar thoughts on travel in terms of we work to we don't live to work, we work to travel. <laughs> uh, I think it's like my, my new like um, catchphrase is that I don't I don't live to work, I work to travel. <laughs> it's a cycle, but um, but also we we have similar um, goals, I guess, about travel, but we have different ways of approaching it. So we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> um, tell me a little. Can you tell me a little bit more? Um, You might want to skim over it, um, but I guess where you're based um, and and what you do for a crust if you can do all of this travel.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm country born and bred, but uh, I moved to the city when I, as like most country kids do, as soon as they finish high school, they want to get out of there. And I moved to Melbourne, Australia, which – is home and, and has become home over the years. I've become, my sister says, I'm not a country girl anymore. She's a city chick. Um, <laughs> and Melbourne is home. I love Melbourne. It's an amazing city and it, it kind of feeds my travel and wanderlust when I can't go anywhere and, and sometimes don't want to go anywhere because there is so much amazing stuff to explore in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of ended up, I guess, in in blogging land after travelling so much and telling so many amazing stories and, you know, when, when the world of social media kind of blew up, I started posting some of my stories and images and a few people kind of said, you know, why don't you start a blog? And I kind of went, oh, I don't really know what that is and I, went, I don't know. So I started to do some research and um, kind of went, yeah, actually, you know, I love to write, I love to take pictures I love to share my story and, and I love to hear others' stories. So um, The Adventures of Poss and Ruby was born and um, like I think many bloggers struggle with their name of their blog and it's such a competitive landscape in the travel world and I, I hummed and hard for a long time and I came up with The Adventures of Poss and Ruby because the majority of my adventures are with my car. And my car's name is Ruby. She's red <laughs> and she's beautiful. And um, so Ruby is, is my trusty steed that takes me adventuring, particularly locally. She often doesn't get to go overseas, of course.
0: Um, be very and expensive.
2: Me. <laughs> <laughs> so my family name is uh, Poss and I've had that name since I was a little baby because I used to just snuggle up and sleep like a little possum. So my family don't actually call me Danielle, they just call me Poss. So yeah. it took me a while to come to terms with that. As a teen I was a bit like, oh, my name's Danielle, don't call me that. But, um, but now, yeah, that's who I am and that's how my adventures and the, tra- the adventures of Possum Ruby was born and has now become, well, between my little bunch of followers, my tribe, a little household name.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny because, like, I think I had known you for, like, 18 months and then eventually was, like, I got the Ruby bit, that was pretty easy, but the POS bit, I think I finally at some point was, like, so why POS? And it was just, like, I just accepted it, but I was, like, oh, that's a funny name. Okay. Um, because like you say, people, you do have to kind of stand out. Mine was The Adventures of the Traveller M, which is I think a little bit more obvious. Um, Subsequently changed to Lovely Travels, which is uh, happily much more catchy (laughs) and quicker to write. Uh, Rebranded myself because, you know, hashtag I'm in personal branding. But um, no, it is is a challenge and you need to, um, you know, especially when you're starting a blog, you're doing it by yourself uh so it's all just coming from well I guess this is a good thing to do I I guess I should do it over here and you can go to an awesome place like ProBlogger and gosh I mean I blogged for my first blog was when I was in 2006 I only just sort of dawned on me at a blog spot which is very it wasn't user-friendly at the time at all but um whatever you know went on a big trip so I did it and then in 2009 I moved over to WordPress because you know Fancy. Fancy. Got my Adventures of the Traveller M. yes Very so fancy. fancy. And I've had it ever since. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like I didn't even know about this pro blogger business. I used to follow him, but I didn't know about it um, for a long time. So until, yeah, uh, much later and um, it's so wonderful. And then subsequently pro blogger changed format and then now we don't have big events. Yeah. So I'm really, sort of, <laughs> yeah. we're very fortunate that we had that one experience together, Danielle, because we kind of that was our hurrah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll be doing that. You know, four hundred odd bloggers in a room for quite some time now. No,
0: no. But at least we're connected by the Zoom. Yes. So, look, it's probably a, a bit of a typical question, though a tough question for a travel um, a travel veteran like yourself. Mm. And what is your favourite
2: country? It is a really tough question and I probably won't just be able to give one. Um, I've hit um, I think 56 countries and that's probably on on a rough count um, in the last sort of 12 months. And, oh, geez, um, a lot of them aren't sort of, I guess, your mainstream, but... I guess some of my top ones. Um, Slovenia is certainly mm. very, very high on my list. Um, Eighteen months ago, I went to Slovenia with my my baby cousin, who is a millennial. <laughs> and she was studying in Spain so we met in Croatia and headed across to Slovenia and stayed in the most amazing accommodation in a tented sort of glamping scenario over Mm. a babbling creek and everything was made on the premises like all the food all the drinks everything was incredible your breakfast table was actually like a grass table in the middle Mm. of of it um, everything the honey it was it was amazing. We were walking distance from Lake Bled. We did incredible hikes. You can catch a bus to the national parks and go on a hike for a euro and catch a bus back. Like mm. just so convenient, so stunning, so green. Not overrun with visitors. I was there um, in autumn, so it was probably a bit of a shoulder season, not, not the peak season. But it's just simply stunning. It's breathtaking. Um, the people are beautiful, and uh, Ljubljana, the capital. And mm. I'm sorry if I pronounce it correctly because everyone has their way. <laughs> um, just a magical place, just a beautiful historic mm. city with amazing architecture and gorgeous bridges, and yeah, it just really blew me away. It just stole my heart. So Slovenia is certainly up there, but. Um, but Japan also really uh, blew my mind. I went there a uh, mm. couple of years ago and did two and a half weeks on the um, fast train with the Japan Rail Pass, which oh, was wonderful. incredible. And I actually travelled with my mum on that trip. <laughs> and uh, my mum is actually a regular travel companion of mine. But we did some amazing things. We did um, some of the Nakasendo Trail, which is a, a hiking um, trail, and you can actually hike from village to village and stay mm. along the way, which I would love to go back and do some more of, um, we went uh, right down to Hiroshima and we went to Koyasan in the mountains, which is sort of the Mecca of uh, Buddhism there, and mm. stayed in a um, monastery, which was incredible, and participated in the 5am morning prayer, oh, um, which was just, it's just so moving and the chanting is, it gives you goosebumps. It's just gorgeous. Um We had some really hilarious moments. My mum and I are very similar, so we're we're not the quietest people in the world, but obviously it's a very (laughs) silent place. So in being trying to be silent, we often ended up bursting out laughing, so it it was quite good. But um, we also went to um, Kinasaki, which is the home of the onsen, and there's Mm. lots and lots of different onsen there, which are the bathing houses. So that was just a beautiful beautiful trip Um, so that's pretty high on my list. Um, Myanmar is high on my list it's just a little bit undiscovered and a little bit off the beaten track in that Southeast Asia sort of route Um, and most recently I hit um, uh, went to Iceland I did the Trans-Siberian Railway and ended Mm. in um, Iceland which was just magical. It's
0: funny, like I'm sitting here actually, and uh, behind me, you can, not you podcast listeners can't see, but Danielle can see. That's my uh, photo of Silfra diving Silfra in Iceland. Yeah, so clearest water in the world, and. Yeah, Iceland blew us away too. I mean, even <laughs> even on the plane on the way over there, the, they play on the Iceland Air, the commercials for Iceland. And on the plane, Matt's like, we've got to come back. I want to see those horses. I'm like, you don't like horses. He's like, I don't care. I want to go see the horses. Uh, I want to go to the volcano. I want to go here. I want to go to Sand Beach. I'm like, we've got four days and they're already booked up. So we'll come back. And we met a couple while we were there when we did our dive and they said 100% that." the, the van and drive around and yeah, we easily easily could do a 10 day trip there and we said we'd probably make that the base of a trip one time and and uh, I would
2: definitely agree with that um, we did a week, based ourselves in Reykjavik and did sort of day trips out, which was fine, um, but you obviously get further by, you know, going to that point yeah. and then being able to move on um, I guess the challenge is uh, with driving and weather that was oh yeah because we were on the cusp of winter it was sort mm. of like icy roads snow not really our bag in australia we don't really get the that in winter so mm-hmm. we kind of let someone else do the driving which was kind of great too because you get to sort of look out the window the whole time so that was pretty amazing as well
0: and that's funny because i went in july june June. it was the first weekend of june and, uh, yeah, I was wearing a very rugged up because Iceland, as as per its name, is friggin' cold no matter when you go. So, and the water where I do, which is absolutely stunning, but it was two degrees, thank you very much, two <laughs> degrees Celsius. Um, In summer. I say, was it cold? And I'm like, what do you think? Like Iceland. <laughs> I think it's kind of given, but uh, worth it, 100% worth it. I would if you have your dive certificate, if you don't have your dive certificate, do the do the snorkel. It's worth every single penny. It's absolutely spectacular. And they're like, you did the Blue Lagoon too. Some people said, oh, don't do don't do that one. It's like touristy and blah blah. It's sometimes they're famous for a reason, and that is, look, that's the pictures you've seen, that's the experience you've seen that's what I wanted and again worth every penny and it was a beautiful afternoon and
2: and it's a I'm lot of pennies
0: it. it's a lot of pennies <laughs> Yes, it's, it was a few like I think the four days we spent there like they could have paid for like 10 days somewhere else but but wouldn't take it back just like I went to Finland and it was at the time one of the most expensive sort of three or four day trips I'd ever done and but, but you're going there to, and you're not going to not do all the things. Yeah. Like you're not going to go and just, like, hang out in a hostel in Reykjavik, So it was, which would be fun, but you're not going to go there and not go and see the,
2: no. the, the, the famous stuff. We really splurged and actually stayed in a bubble hotel. Oh, gosh. It, it was spectacular. We were intending to see the Northern Lights. Unfortunately, we're a little fraction early in the season. Um but it was still absolutely magical and crazy expensive, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was sensational.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you've got to do that, you know, and um, I think as you get older as well, not that there's been times when I was younger travelling. I mean, I'm not, I'm not old. I'm not going to say I'm old, but, you know, I travelled my first year travelling. I was 18, 19, so there was certainly sometimes a budget decisions and there's there are times now when I travel where I have the conversation with myself I'm an adult I have money (laughs) I'm gonna pay (laughs) for this and uh and then there's other times where it's super fun to to stay in a bit of a cheaper place or to to do and sometimes it's actually more cost effective like we I stayed in Dublin one time and it was actually we got a better deal staying in a hostel getting a private room than staying in an Airbnb or a hotel they were like triple yeah, the price type sure. thing. So I totally you, agree you gotta weigh it like depends on the location it depends on the experience you're after it depends on a bunch of stuff um but yeah like my friends did the bubble somewhere else as well and I'm just like oh, so as soon as you said that I was like oh <laughs> dying to do
2: that like oh it's like it's like hashtag Instagram yeah it it was amazing it was really amazing and i couldn't sleep because i was so excited so every <laughs> and i didn't want to miss it if it was going to be the northern lights so i was just like i'll just have a little dose oh no 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 i'm fine it's good i can maybe see something no no yeah but amazing even just the sensation of basically sleeping completely outdoors with that mm. sort of Sheer wall between you and and the outdoors was pretty amazing, pretty magical.
0: And that's kind of funny because I couldn't actually sleep in Iceland either, but that's because it was summer and it was uh, light. And so even when it was dark, dead of night, 1 1 a.m., it felt like early evening; mm. just never got fully dark. So, blockout curtains are a winner in um, in summer. You know, it's fascinating. It's Read that Airbnb
2: profile carefully. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes. Does it have curtains? Blockout curtains. Get out or get a really good um, eye mask. So, um, oh, that's fun. Um, it's a hard. This one's a hard one um, for us travelers. It was funny. I, I was. I had a kind of. Oh, I don't want to say it, but here's my one. But then I remembered a very clear one. So I'm going to ask you, what's what's the least favorite country you went to? And just going kind to of preface it with, it doesn't have to be that you disliked the country or that bad country because I think that's very bad to say. Uh, but perhaps the place where you didn't have the best experience, maybe.
2: Mm. Um. I don't know. I probably have two that fall into this bracket. And again, not because they're bad places, but probably because they just didn't maybe meet expectations or it wasn't um, what I was expecting at the time. Mm. Um, the first one was um, Fiji. Okay, yeah. Stunning tropical island, totally mm-hmm. recommend if you are more than happy to lay on a beach. Banana lounge, hammock, go for it. For me, it just wasn't enough. I, a couple of days, mm. perfect, but I was there for a week. And I think by the end of the week, I was a little stir crazy. I also <laughs> need to give a disclaimer that I had torn my ACL the week before that I was going to a friend's wedding, and I was not <laughs> going to miss the wedding. So I Oops. went on crutches and part of my (laughs) plan was to go on, you know, one of those really groovy backpacker island hopping experiences where, you know, it's party time and I couldn't do that. So I literally got to go to kind of one island and I was really restricted. I couldn't do all the adventure activities and so Mm. it was sort of more circumstance than the destination because the tropical islands are are stunning, like, you know, the gorgeous – blue water and the white sand and gorgeous sunsets all of those definitely tick the boxes but the experience was a was a little underdone for me because I think I was underdone for it <laughs> <laughs> fair fair comment yeah so that was it and the other one that I would say and and I think this is again a bit of a circumstance scenario was um Morocco okay and mm again gorgeous country had some incredible experiences but I was on an organized small group tour and had I think what I would say is probably the worst tour guide in the world
0: mm-hmm. and that's a really
2: tough gig for me because I used to be a tour guide <laughs> So yeah. I think my expectations are probably a little bit Hi, but um when I was reading out of the lonely planet to the rest of the passengers on the tour while the tour guide slept in the front I kind of thought that maybe there's a problem <laughs> <laughs> it's a so, um,
0: slight problem but, especially when you paid for him
2: yeah but an amazing saving grace of it and and I think this often happens in these type of circumstances the group were brilliant and we actually had an amazing trip because of the group everyone pulled together and we just had incredible experiences you know we slept on the rooftop of the hotel in the Sahara everyone dragged their mattresses up there and the night sky is just magical we went on a camel safari into the desert and there was a sandstorm and we all had to bunk into like the the cook's hut and there was um dung beetles crawling over us scarab beetles it was just hilarious and there was lots of laughing um we went into the hammam you know the first time I met the rest of my tour tour companions everyone was sitting there topless oh so that was (laughs) was really interesting in the sauna so we got to know each other really really quickly and and really well and look those some of those people are still friends today so whilst you know there was some bad sort of components of it, I think in itself it was still a, a pretty good a pretty good trip. So and I'd like to go back and let it redeem itself too.
0: Oh that's it. And there's a lot of elements um that go into a trip. And for me sometimes it's like a little relief actually when because um certainly when I was um 18, 19, I was doing my year abroad, I was just lo- loving everything so much and loving every place and just wanting to go back straight away so it was a little bit of a relief when I got to a place um and one of mine that I put in there is Denmark and it's a beautiful place and um you know being oh it's like escaping me right now but the main city Copenhagen that's the one. That's, gosh, the ice cream place cooked called oh, Copenhagen. Yeah. I should know that. Um, I got, of course, I think there was a, oh, it's, I don't know what I A was coming to my head anyway. But um oh, beautiful, picturesque, and everything. But I think I'd just come to the back of two of like some of the best trips of my life, like some of the most amazing, incredible experiences of my life. Um, and like with super duper love, like love loving the people I was with and I stayed with a friend and everything it was was wonderful but it was um to have that but it just didn't have the same like I guess passion and as the ones that I'd been to and so you know if it's not that you compare but it's just the timing of it and I wouldn't like I would 100% go back 100% go back but it was it was in a way a little bit of a relief to just be like okay I won't rush back I'm happy to go and see other places um you know where i absolutely adored sweden and i've seen two parts of sweden now and they are like I'm just, i just want to see more and more of it and you have that battle
2: as a traveler that challenge of that multi country sort of trip you know if you sort of if you have a, an amazing experience at at one you feel like the the rest have to stack up and if they don't there's some disappointment there or vice versa if the first one is maybe not that great then the last one is amazing it, it's it's a challenge yeah.
0: and I'm glad that like I, when I lived in England I was doing I was doing sort of one country at a time most of the time whereas some of my friends who were living there and probably who struggled with it more they were doing the two-year backpacker visa thing whereas I didn't have the rush I'm, I'm a British passport holder so I knew I could go back I wanted to do as much as possible but they were doing that whole like work 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 save 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 go for two months, smash it, go to, like, 15 countries, then come back broke, work, 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 then go on this massive, like, four, six, four to six-week trip, have an amazing time, see blah, 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 blah. And there's this saying in Europe with backpackers and it's ABC, another bloody cathedral, whereas I never felt that because they, they felt different, whereas if you're going, yes, if you're going to a European city one after the other, you probably don't want to see another cathedral you probably don't want to see another cobbled street you're probably like oh a town square like which which city am I in today like you know you do need to sort of separate them a bit but yeah I think for multiple reasons sometimes they're not our favorite and that's why I say least favorite as opposed to the worst and then there's also been a few couple places where I'm like tick done thank you Um, if I happen to be passing through again sure but I'm certainly not going to be investing in a big trip again. So we can tick thank you very much, appreciate, farewell, (laughs) (laughs) goodbye. Goodbye. But um, you and I have a country in common and I think it ranks pretty high up for both of us. It's definitely my favourite, but um, we were very fortunate to actually have a trip together to India
2: yes that that is really high actually um in my list of countries I've been twice now first time um was a special birthday trip that was incorporated into I went to Africa first and um Switzerland and then India it was like a, it's a very weird. It was an amazing, route. it was a Swiss air <laughs> magical ticket. <laughs> like, <laughs> All for the price route. of the ticket. <laughs> oh well done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was sometimes you do Yeah, different. Yep. You've got to make those sacrifices. And you know, what a great stopover. Huh?
0: Oh, no, no, I wouldn't, no, no one's (laughs) going to argue. I mean, apart from that it costs an arm and a leg, but other than that, beautiful place to
2: see. Yeah, one of the most gorgeous hostels I've ever stayed in. But uh, India is just breathtaking. I mean, the trip that we did, we did some of the sort of more traditional destinations in Rajasthan and then actually got to head south to Kerala, which absolutely stole my heart. Such an amazing difference. The difference between north and south is incredible and so visibly obvious, but then Mm -hmm. you scratch the surface and culturally obvious as well. So Certainly has a little piece of my heart. I was the last in my family. My dad had been to India on an exchange. My mum had been to India with the Girl Guide movement. My sister had been to India with her three-year-old twins and they had been three months there. And I was like, I need to go to India. It's my turn. So when I got to go, I so was not disappointed. It's just I describe it, the best word for India is magical. And I think Mm. you have to go there with an open mind and an open heart and incredible things happen. It's just so spectacular. And karma is a real deal. Like it's a true thing. I actually have seen it firsthand happen to a person I was again on a small group tour I was a solo traveler on that first trip to India and there was a person on our trip who was uh not open-minded and not open-hearted and everything just went wrong they got yeah. food poisoning they lost things they had things stolen they had accidents they like it all just and I just thought mm, you know what I think the karma bus maybe has come your way
0: yeah for sure and look I I, you know when I first took my uh, now husband but at the time partner Matt there I had to sit him down, you know, in Singapore Airport before we got there and I gave him the big, like, open mind, um, you know, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong, Mm -hmm. that sort of conversation and just sort of preparing him for the fact that it is very confronting. India is confronting. It hits you. I mean, you smell India, like, literally, you can smell, when you're flying into Mumbai, you smell it in the air before you get there. It assaults the senses, the whole, the visually, everything. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm in a different place, okay?
2: I arrived early, early in the morning and I was driving. I I had no idea. Like this dude picked me up from the airport and I was hoping that he was the right person to take me where I needed to go. (laughs) And I was driving and I was like, is that an elephant working with the roadworks? Like this whole roadworks crew and there's an elephant in amongst the mix. And I was just like, wow, okay. So I get to the hotel, sleep overnight wake up in the morning there's amazing orchestra of sounds going on and I'm like quick I've got to get out and see what's going on and I literally walked out the door of my hotel turned right walked a block across the road walked back walked back into the foyer of the hotel and went oh it was exactly as you say an assault on the senses you know I saw two little girls came up and were were begging from me and and the grandpa comes past and says don't bother and and the little girls just sort of flitted away and there's a guy sitting in the gutter with an upturned tuk-tuk and he's hammering on some tiny little part to fix the tuk-tuk and there's traffic and the tuk-tuks are honking their horns and across the road the guy was cooking um, puri in the hot oil right in the street and there's a girl sitting in the in the gutter and she's selling fresh bananas and the shops are really busy and the hawkers are talking to each other and all that kind of happened in a tiny little side street block, and it was just amazing just to see mm. you alive. It's life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you see real life there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my, my biggest message to Matt was, um, you know, yeah, be open-minded but also remember that this is my favourite country and I love it. And so just, like, think before you speak <laughs> pretty much. Like, basically don't ruin it for me. Like, you can hate it. Like, and people do. Sometimes they love it and sometimes they hate it. Um, there is a middle road, there is a middle road for people and there are the people who are curious and want to go back but there's sometimes there are very polar um, sort of opposites on and that spectrum but fortunately he loved it and fortunately sometimes he says, you know, he'll just be like, oh, I feel like dosa, like, oh, I feel like some Indian food, let's go back to India and I'm like, well, a very expensive meal, maybe we <laughs> could like... There's some nice. There's a lovely Indian family down the road <laughs> who have a restaurant. Perhaps we should go there. But but I'm totally on board. I like. I will yeah. hop on a plane anytime. And the trip we did was phenomenal. It was um, and like you say, Kerala. I really enjoy showing people Kerala because it's just not what people would expect of India. Rajasthan is what you the famous things, and you have like you have to see Rajasthan. It's royal. It's regal. It's Deserty. It's colourful. It's mm. it's all the you know the shapes. That, it's what you think India looks like, and then you get to Kerala and it's this lush paradise. I mean, they call it God's country, mm. like God's and own yeah, country. It, it
2: truly, it truly is. It's just stunning, and you know, I would love to wear a sari every day. You no, know, maybe I should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just you do you. Such a beautiful <laughs> culture, and the the people are just lovely and and willing to to share and to teach you and to show you things yet they may have nothing but they'll invite you into their home and you know we had that experience where we were invited into a home of these family and their little baby and you know showed us they was so proud of their you know basically one bedroom room which was their complete home they had this tiny little the kitchen kitchen and yeah it was amazing like a little sink which was sort of their washroom and and the bed and the and the lounge were one and the same and yeah the people are just so hospitable for people who you know do it really tough
0: yeah but they you know yeah it was they wanted to have tea and yeah you know shake hands and yeah it was just, and the, uh, I mean, the food. That and we it. haven't
2: even mentioned food, and you know, food and tourism and travel kind of go hand in hand, especially for me. Yes, the You're food of a India. Bit of a oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I haven't even gotten to that yet. But <laughs> the food of India is just so incredible and diverse, and there's just so much you can you can eat all day long. And, yeah. you know, that whole street food thing where people are like, oh, you would never eat on the street. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of would. <laughs> I just, you know, you've got to make smart choices, you know, think about, you know, is it something that's cooked through? How long has it kind of been there? Have you seen them cook it? Is it, mm. you know, is it complete milk product where, you know, there's no refrigeration nearby? You kind of go, hmm. You know?
0: And there are places where it's not appropriate
2: and there yeah, are places
0: where exactly. you go is this side-of-the-road diner okay for me? But, like, the good thing about the trip that we did was that we were travelling with the wonderful tape in India who I partner with and, you know, the drivers know where to go. They're not, like, they just will not let you go to a place. They would say, no, no, please don't go there. Or, um, But then, you know, in the same respect, they'd be like, these are awesome samosas, I'm going to go get you some, don't worry, they're okay. They just wouldn't give you something that is that it's not okay so I've yeah. had drivers just go and like be like oh you got to try this and I'm like oh thank you <laughs>
2: it's Amazing. really
0: nice to share you know just to share that culture and oh god the snacks oh the snacks. what's my snack <laughs> there's
2: so many <laughs> snacks there's so many snacks
0: it's incredible. that was yeah. our favorite that was one of our highlight of our trip well what what snacks will be presented in the car today I know mystery treats
2: will we have but and um it- That's the joy joy of travel as well is the snacks. You know, even if you've got a stopover in an airport, you have to go to the little 7-Eleven or the little convenience store and go, oh, my goodness, look at this. And you have to buy them and you have to try them. We had a layover in my recent trip in Stockholm and I had no cash, but hey, credit cards, tap and go anywhere these days. Mm -hmm. And... I got like just this little bunch of snacks and one of the things was this, I don't really even know how, like almost like a chocolate-coated marshmallow but it wasn't marshmallow. It was a similar sort of consistency. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. Was, like they were really tiny. They were sensational. <laughs> and unfortunately we didn't stop there on the way back so we couldn't stock up. But, yeah, little snacks and stuff like that, so much fun.
0: Yeah, Part of go the to bring adventure. home 100%. All right, I'm um, mindful, mindful of our time, but I um, can't leave uh, without uh, the little story I need you to tell. Mm. And along that, that line of, you know, sometimes, you know, you have a great experience in a country and it makes the country and sometimes you have not so great experience, but you can still love the country. So one of your top three that you mentioned, top three countries you loved, um, but you also had quite a, not so great experience
2: yes I think yeah we could probably say that we could say that yeah um I was in Myanmar again traveling traveling solo it was the actually the last day of my trip glorious you know 40 degree day and I'm a bit of a lizard I love the sunshine like bring on the sun bring on you know I love it heat the, the warmer the better. Got up really early in the morning, went to see the sunrise at, at the temple, which was gorgeous on my last day, making the most of everything. Had a little lazy breakfast at the hotel. Usually like my last sort of hotel is usually my little splurge one, a little bit of mm-hmm. indulgence to you know, butter me up before I kick myself back into the real world of going home and, you know, the post-travel blues. And I headed out to do my my gift shopping for my family and friends at the local market because I'd been travelling around a lot and I didn't really want to lug bits and pieces and I also didn't really want to waste time shopping. So on my way to the market, um, this guy said to me, oh, a monkey. And I said, oh, there's no monkeys here like in Myanmar and in, in the capital in Yangon there's, there's no monkeys. Like it's a cosmopolitan city. Mm. And I just kept walking and, and I heard a noise behind me and, and I turned and all I saw coming at me was this monkey who was clearly very angry, um, teeth just chomping at the bit, teeth bare, And in maybe three seconds, all I saw when I looked down was a monkey attached to my leg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
2: God. And quite a lot of blood. Um Yep. So, um, yeah, I I kind of went into, you know, I thought I was being Bear grills And when I saw it coming at me, I was like, no, I remember, you know, make yourself big, yell, whatever, it'll be deterred. Let me tell you, that don't work on monkeys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So... um, Yeah, I kind of looked down. This monkey was attached to my leg. I, I had this whole animal cruelty moment where I was like, I can't kick the monkey; it's a monkey. But I've got to get it off my leg. I'm bleeding. It's not a good situation to be in. So I sort of kicked the monkey, got the monkey off magically from somewhere. These three guys popped up and were sort of lady, lady, lady. I looked down, and all I can see is just a pool of blood. Oh, and all I could kind of say was. um, taxi hospital because I had no idea what had what had happened down there I didn't know whether it was you know ligaments arteries what was going on down there um and so literally these three guys I, I don't know where they popped up from but threw me into a taxi and just said hospital so I, you know, my old school first aid clamped my hand on the wounds, which was really tricky when you're sitting in a cab trying to hold Mm. basically your feet and ankles. It's good yoga practice. Yeah. (laughs) And breathed like really, really heavily and swore a few times. (laughs) And then apologized to the driver and was like, really sorry. And then went, Danielle, he has no idea what you're saying. So it really doesn't matter. So of course, Southeast Asian traffic, you're not going anywhere quickly. Mm. So I was in that cab for quite a while and the poor guy just kept saying, not 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 much longer, not much longer. And I could just see this bank of traffic in front of me. And I was like, oh, this is not going quickly. So we eventually got to the hospital and I paid him. He tried to give me change. I'm like, dude, it's fine. Like, just take the money. It probably cost me 30 cents or something like that. So um, I got into the hospital. Um, They put me in a a wheelchair. They wheeled me through into the room. A nurse kind of looked and went, ooh. And she started to sort of patch me up a little bit. And the doctor comes through and he goes, "Um, no treatment here. And I said, sorry, and he said, we don't do sutures. I was like, oh. I said, are you a doctor? And he said, yes. And in the back of my mind I went, is sutures not 101 for a doctor? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, they stuck me with a, a tetanus injection, cleaned cleaned up a lot of the, the blood and basically just sort of put a, well, they didn't actually cover it, and threw me out, made me pay a bill for the service that they provided and threw me back in a taxi to go to another hospital.
1: Mm. So the next
2: hospital I ended up at was um, the Yangon Central Hospital, which was the general public hospital, you mm-hmm. know, people sitting outside under the tree waiting for their turn to be served and people sort of Can I
0: just say this is <laughs> this is traveler nightmare 101 like just carry on. Yeah. I mean generally yeah. like I don't want to get injured, not yeah. I don't want to get attacked by a monkey. Yeah. yeah. Uh
2: carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so get into this hospital um still, you know, on my own. And on this occasion, um, my telephone provider didn't have a sort of sister company there and I thought I'm not going to bother buying a SIM card because I don't need to call anyone and, like, mm. hotels have Wi-Fi so I'll, I'll actually be completely fine. And I don't need to call anyone. Why would I need data? Anyway, so I had no way of contacting anyone, not that I knew anyone in Myanmar that could actually help me but, yeah, <laughs> you know, nothing there. Um So the nurses very kindly took me in, took me into the emergency, grabbed a uh, cloth from the sink and wiped down the bench and just patted and kind of my face probably just told the whole story of, really? The person next to me in the emergency room was having a goiter removed off their leg or some kind of wound lamp Uh. going on and there was a lot of screaming going on. And they said to me, um, "Where's your person?" And I said, "Sorry." And they said, "Well, for the medicine, and in a lot of Asian countries, you have to buy the medicine external to the hospital and and have it mm. have it there." And um, I said, "All oh, I'm I'm traveling alone." And they said, "Family, friends? Where's your husband? Anyone?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "No, I'm traveling alone." And they said, "Well." we need someone to get the medicine. I said, well, I don't have anyone. <laughs> like, oh. I'm really sorry. I said, look, I can pay someone that can maybe go and get it. Um, and they said no. So I kind of sat there looking at my gaping open wounds on my leg uh, for quite a no. while. <laughs> uh, well, they fussed around and um, about mm, maybe an hour and a half later, they this woman comes in. She's like, oh, like Eureka she had got the medicine and in between time I had said to her if you can get me a phone I can call the embassy and maybe they have a person so they tried that and unfortunately the embassy were zero help but they did connect me with my travel insurance which was amazing and that started sort of the recording for the travel insurance part of it so that was good but then we got disconnected so that was it and and um anyway by then the the medicine was there they injected directly into my wound no painkillers
0: why did I ask you to tell this story I don't know there's no pain as
2: well (laughs) I'll give you now the abridged version (laughs) patch me up Send me on my way um one stitch only because you don't secure a wound, an animal, particularly from an animal bite, because it can fester inside if there's infection or anything. So. Uh,
0: fun facts, y'all, when you get attacked by an yeah. animal next. Note yourself. Um <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, basically packed me off on my way and went, see you later. And I was like, so can I fly this afternoon, get home? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I said, deep vein thrombosis, blood clot, no problem. No problem. And I thought, I don't even know that you've really understood what I've actually asked you. But okay. So I had bandages kind of up to my knees. It was hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Um, And they sent me off to the pharmacy, which I struggled to find, struggled to get to, but struggled to find, managed to find. Got this mountain of colourful pills. No idea what any of them were. Cost me like 40 cents. Bit scared to kind of take them if I was going to go on a, you know, 12-hour flight. (laughs) Yeah. Um, got back to the hotel. Uh, the manager was amazing, um, you know, made sure that I could access my travel insurance and all of those type of things. Mm. Um, they actually told me then what happened, how the monkey came to be, was that yeah. the monkey had actually escaped from the zoo, which was on <laughs> the other side of the park of the resort, and the the keepers had left the gate open so the monkey had escaped from the zoo and found me this is the third time I've heard this story (laughs) and it doesn't get old I mean
0: like the I'm not good with the blood and stuff but like who goes on holiday and gets attacked by a monkey from the zoo who I know you (laughs)
2: so Uh, amazingly um my travel insurance one cover shout out um they were incredible the the service they provided were brilliant the guy was like like some long lost brother he was like oh my goodness you got back to us I've been so concerned about you this whole time I've been doing some research and this is what you need to do and this is and make sure oh, you do this less. and this and amazingly um they got me a business class seat to come home to elevate my legs it was so devastating that I couldn't really take advantage of being in business class much um Hence, because I had, I didn't know what drugs really pulsing through my system, so I wasn't yeah. taking advantage of the verb that was on tap. Yeah, Um I did have one. I mean, you got to have it. one. Got to have one. Yeah, you know. Um Yeah, arrived home, headed to straight to the emergency in Australia, and told the story to the woman at the triage, and she said, "I've heard it all before." <laughs> <laughs> not, not even a giggle.
0: No, not even she a gave tumble? me nothing,
2: and I said to her. She said, "What do you want me to do?" I said, "Well, I probably need to see a doctor. I've got some pretty serious wounds going on." And she said, "Ah." Oh. I said, "I've got some pictures. Would you like me to show you so you can see what the wounds look like?" And she said, "Yep." And I showed her, and she went, "Oh," she said, "You're going to be here for a while. I'll mm-hmm. go get You're like, take it."
0: serious lady yeah wow okay so I think um in summary with my uh my final question for you which would be top tip I'm just
2: going to do it for you
0: and it's travel insurance
2: travel insurance is a top tip it is but I I do uh, have another top tip though that I think is really important in you know it makes me sound old but this day and age is to um to get off your device like I you know I love Instagram and I love taking the the selfies and all the photos and you know but back in the day we didn't have Google Maps and things like that to find your way so my tip would probably be get lost like Switch off unless your,
0: there's monkeys on unless the Unless there's monkeys on the loose, make sure you have a data like program on your do, phone. I do
2: take my SIM card now wherever I go. Yeah. That is a learning that I kind yeah. of have now.
0: Yeah, I like to yeah. look. Leave your phone at home for a bit and turn it yeah. off. But maybe yeah. just in case, keep it, like keep, I love it,
2: keep it on you. Maybe don't leave it anywhere. Keep it on yeah. you. But I think I was in um. On this trip that I did with my beautiful millennial cousin, we watched in we were in Venice, and of course, you know it it was quite busy in in the daytime with you know the cruise ships and the then the day visitors and all that kind of stuff. And we sat in this most gorgeous restaurant by one of the most famous bridges there, the Rialto Bridge. And we watched people on their phones for half an hour plus in this most beautiful magical setting you know posing for half an hour to get the right selfie or or you know walking with their head down missing all the amazing stuff that's going on around them and and i think it's it, it's very easy to get caught up in in what's you know mm. what's in that digital space and and missing all those amazing experiences and interactions and and really you know having that that first hand immersion Experience and
0: immersion yeah for sure so and I agree I'm, I'm like I'm the big I love having my data package and it's really good but I'm um, big, and I think it's really handy for an emergency and I'm very fortunate I have um Vodafone and they have a great roaming package anyway so it just tends to be but I often just turn it on airplane mode mm. and I try to stick to using the wi-fi at the hotel and, and imagine it's like that and um catch up a little bit but yeah try and just switch it on airplane mode and Pretend I, I don't have it because um, it's just so easy to to get
2: to get into that and to yeah yeah just to spend and all your time on some of the it. most unique incredible experiences come from that you know that lack of connection to mm. being able to Google it. <laughs> You know, you might actually have to speak to someone and ask a question and they might send yeah. you to one of the most amazing restaurants in the square or they might send you to a quaint little museum or a gorgeous house or take you to a beautiful, stunning view where you could take a gorgeous picture that you would not have even stumbled upon if you were reliant on Google Maps. So, I th- yeah. you know, that's something that that brings travel alive and why travel is so special is it it's different for everyone it's not that cookie cutter approach if you look up
0: yeah, look up from your phone. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I've um, proven the point that we have plenty more to talk about, and uh, Danielle will definitely be back another time because we have lots to say. But thank you very much for sharing today and and for reliving the trauma with me. <laughs>
1: <It> really <laughs> uh, wasn't entertainingly that bad. So.
0: Okay, good. But you know, just maybe just also read the news in the morning. and Just <laughs> if there's monkeys on the loose, just. Stay in the hotel, <laughs> just but uh, you know, it's, It'll always be one of my favourite um, fellow travel traveller stories. So thank you very much, and uh, yeah, come back uh, next time, guys. We'll have yeah, more to
2: talk about for sure. If people want to read the full travel story of the monkey incident with photos, it is on on the blog, so they can certainly check that out. Yes, and we will put all of Danielle's
0: wonderful links in our show
2: notes uh, and on our, um, our website as well. So thanks, Danielle. Have a, we'll chat again soon. Thank you. That was so much fun. I could talk travel for hours. My goodness.
1: Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Lovely Travels podcast this week. Um, next week we'll be speaking about our mutual trip to the three baltic states plus poland uh, where the podcast idea was hatched um yeah if you're enjoying it make sure to subscribe to us on itunes and spotify uh, It helps us grow the channel a little bit and lets us know that you love us um and it helps other listeners and travelers uh find the show so any positive reviews are, are welcome um Constructive criticism is also welcome. Yeah, if you'd like to join in the conversation, visit at Lovely Travels on Instagram um, where you can catch up with Emma and all of her adventures. And at any times, if you want to send us any other notes or feedbacks or comments or gift baskets, you can go to www.lovelytravels.com. See you next time.